Hey everybody, I'm Jordan. I'm Robert. And you are listening to Royally Rumbled. Today's episode, we are presenting our Legacy Spotlight series, profiling different WWE superstars by going through their careers and highlighting pivotal milestones and our favorite moments. Yeah, it's a real personal episode, so strap on in. Uh, Today we are talking all about an all-time great, a WWE Hall of Famer, the rated R superstar, Edge. That's right. So if you're a fan of Edge, or if you're not a fan of Edge, we're going to go through our personal moments and our favorite highs and our favorite lows of Edge. Yeah, you've heard us talk about this episode for a while now, and we're, we're really excited to finally bring it to you. We put a lot of work into it, so we're excited to finally share it with everybody. But why don't we start at the beginning, Jordan? Yeah, it all began in 1997, uh, weeks leading up to his debut. Vignettes for the character would play on WWF TV, which kind of included him aimlessly walking around the streets or on the subway and assaulting innocent pedestrians. So that was kind of weird. Sure. But it, it's wrestling, so... Yeah. Especially wrestling in the 90s. <laughs> uh, during the vignettes, a woman's voiceover is heard, which eventually would form the words in his original entrance music. The actual quote from the song is, uh, But you will never know me. You don't know yourself. You are lost and scared. You know what I allow you to know. You're just a puppet who thinks he's alive. You are just a puppet. So overall, a pretty interesting way to introduce a character on TV. Uh, Edge wound up making his WWF television debut on June 22nd, 1998, during an episode of Raw, where he defeated Jose Estrada Jr. The match actually wound up ending prematurely by countout, because Edge uh, performed a somersault senton from the ring to the outside and landed awkwardly on Estrada's neck, uh, knocking him out. So the irony here is that Edge's career started with a neck injury and was cut short because of one. Coming full circle, uh, which is really interesting and kind of weird when you think about it. Yeah, I it's it's... I mean, obviously, it's unfortunate that his career was cut short because of one. Um, But the fact that his very first TV match included a neck injury is just kind of poetic. Tragically. Yeah. So, uh, he's he's a very decorated champion all across WWE. Uh, He's a one-time WCW United States champion. He is a five-time WWE Intercontinental champion. He is a two-time WWE Tag Team Champion and a 12-time World Tag Team Champion. So 14 Tag Team Championships total. Uh, A seven-time World Heavyweight Champion and a four-time WWE Champion. So obviously 11-time World Champion. Yeah. He was the King of the Ring winner from 2001. 
He also won the first ever Money in the Bank in 2005. He won the 2010 Royal Rumble and obviously was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2012. So I'd say it's pretty evident that Edge has done quite a bit during his career in WWE. So with that being said, when you think of Edge, what immediately comes to mind? For me, uh, considering that throughout his active career, I was not a fan of Edge. The first thing I think of when I think of Edge is his sleazeball attitude. (laughs) He was perfect in that role. Uh, Also, his entrance music towards the end of his career, every time I open up Facebook and click on my memories, I read on this day, and then I finish it with, I see clearly, like every time. Uh, <laughs> Same. The smoke with his entrance, the ladder matches, uh, which I think is funny considering he and Christian's addition to the TLC was the chairs. Uh, but Edge was as good at, at ladder matches as anybody. Uh, and I think that might be part of Jordan's subconscious pull towards Edge. Yeah, um... I mean, I I have to agree in that sense because Edge is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. And when I think of Edge, I think of the Money in the Bank briefcase. And I think that's when I was like the deepest into pro wrestling around like 2005, 2000. Well, yeah, other than, (laughs) you know, like around 2005, 2006. And Edge was my favorite at that point, Um, I think, like, of a lot of things. But the briefcase, the awesome entrance jackets with the studs and the different patches and stuff like that, his logo on the back, Uh, I think of the smoke as well. The You Think You Know Me, the lady's voice that we hear Mm -hmm. within the vignettes. And, of course, the ladder matches, because that's his match. Yeah, I definitely agree that the ladder match is his match. Somehow, uh, he's just in my head synonymous with it. Like the way Mick Foley is to Hell in a Cell, I think Edge is ladder. Well, he certainly won his fair share of ladder matches and TLC matches. Some of those being tag team matches. We mentioned that he was a 14-time tag team champion total. 12 with the World Tag Team Championship and twice with the WWE Tag Team Championship. So he's had several partners over that time. The most, obviously, being with Christian uh, seven times, twice with Chris Benoit, twice with Chris Jericho, once with Hollywood Hulk Hogan, once with Randy Orton, and once with Rey Mysterio. Yeah, so, like, out of all of those partners, who was your personal favorite? Oh, it's got to be Christian, like hands down, because Edge and Christian was, whether they were heel or face, they were always in the tag title picture at that time. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Um, I would say a close second being Chris Jericho, just because I like that pairing. Yeah, hands down, I got to go with Christian as well. I don't even think that's a question in anyone's mind. When someone thinks of Edge, you immediately think of Christian and vice versa. Yep. 
Absolutely. The chemistry between those two has literally always been there. And it like if I didn't pick Christian, I guess I'd have to go with Randy Orton. Interesting. Because I really liked Rated RKO and I wish that they had more time together and kind of wish that they existed in a time when the tag division actually mattered. Yeah. Like imagine okay. a Randy Orton and an Edge tag team now. Wow. That would be awesome. They would be killing it. Yeah. Rated RKO is like grizzled veterans mm-hmm. would be such an awesome like i don't think we'd bury randy orton half as much no but they'd be having they'd be having matches with like sanity or yeah putting over young talent but like knowing how to do it yeah yeah that'd be awesome i mean and i didn't even get to see rated rko because it was like a weird time when i was younger where i didn't get to watch WWE as much as I probably wanted to. So I missed rated RKO entirely. Really? So it's not surprising to me that it didn't last very long, but I, I missed them entirely. When I came back into watching WWE, I was like, Oh my God, they were a team. I had no idea. I, d- I digged the, uh, remix of their entrance music too. They're combined. Cause it would switch back and forth from Metalingus to burn in my light. So I always, uh, I always liked that. That was that. That was that first Randy Orton song, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've never really been a fan of Randy Orton's entrance music, regardless. So <laughs> that was the. But we're not talking about Randy Orton. We're talking about Edge. Yeah. Don't make me go off on a tangent on Randy Orton. Sorry. Sorry. God damn. <laughs> Obviously, um, Edge did a lot of tag team work, from the Brood to Edge and Christian innovating the TLC match with the Hardys and the Dudleys, rated RKO, La Familia. So which is your favorite and maybe the get into like his impact on the tag circuit? Oh, I totally forgot about La Familia too. Oh my God. (laughs) Um, So the brood was one of those things that blew my mind the first time I saw it from their attire as like a group to the entrance music, which I think is probably the thing that carries them through in everybody's nostalgia. The music is amazing. Yeah. Um, including like including when the new day came out this past Halloween with it. Oh dude, that was amazing. They got such a huge pop from that. It's not even just us. It's, no, Everyone. it was everybody. Everybody immediately knew that was the brood and they were doing the brood gimmick and nobody was no it, nobody was angry about it. Everybody jumped right in. And like I said earlier, Edge and Christian were a fantastic tag team. I loved to hate them. The 5 second pose <laughs> that got over huge. Um and I always kind of looked at Edge as a tag team wrestler because of his time with, with Christian. But I'm not necessarily saying that there's a negative connotation there. I just always was like, Edge, oh, he's in a tag team because it's Edge and Christian. His name led it off, so I just immediately assumed, like... He's just a tag Put the guy. two together. Yeah. Um, and that's probably why I didn't necessarily connect with him when he was out on his own initially. 
because uh, I missed, like I said, all of our rated RKO. And then uh, I did catch La Familia, but I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> but I was supposed to hate it, so I think they did a great job with it. Yeah, the brood was awesome. Their entrance, the music, the look, the bloodbaths, all so cool. And unfortunately, that didn't last long either. And most people don't really remember that that didn't last long, but it really didn't. It lasted a couple of months. And Really? The brood was only a couple months? It wasn't even a full year, dude. Oh my god. But... I did think it was very cool to see them in the Ministry of Darkness at that point. I do. I remember that. And yeah, f- for sure. I feel like a lot of people forget that the Brood was at one point part of the Ministry of Darkness, having the Undertaker lead the vampires, you know? Yep. Yep. Yeah, because they had, they had the Brood, the uh, the Acolytes at that time. Yeah. They weren't the APA. They were the Acolytes. Yep. And then Viscera, mm-hmm. Midian and Viscera. Such a such a random group of guys, but it worked so yeah, they, so well. They all had the same general look, so it was perfect. And that's like a that's a real that's a real faction right there. Yeah. In a time where factions practically don't exist anymore, you look back at the Ministry of Darkness. And we actually did a like a top ten factions of all time. And people yeah, were that was yeah. People were mad we left the Ministry of Darkness out. Which I my heart was warm for. They they were 11. <laughs> they were ranked 11 yeah. out of the 10. So they didn't make the cut, but they were there. And they were on the list at one point, but we bumped them. Yep, yep. But we're talking about all these people that Edge worked with as a partner in a tag capacity or in an, in an alliance. But what about people that he feuded with? Who was who was his best feud in your opinion? Oh God, he's had so many. Um, Matt Hardy immediately comes to mind for me. The reality of that situation made me care even more. But Edge has had so many people like the the Undertaker, Batista. Chris Jericho, Shawn Michaels, Randy Orton. Uh, but if you had to pick one. If I had to pick one, I've, I I got to go with Matt Hardy. Only for the sole fact that it elevated both of their careers and really reinvigorated the product completely at the time. So, you, so in that feud, were you anti-Matt and pro-Edge? No, no. I was, I was pro-Matt, anti-Edge. Okay. Interesting. But I've always <laughs> I've always had a soft spot in my heart for heels. Yeah. In any medium, whether it be comic right. books, movies, or professional wrestling. Well, that's why we get along so well, because we like bad guys. I know. What about you? So, like, in your opinion, what was his best feud? For me, it had it has to be Edge versus Cena. They were both uh, like in their prime, and they really got each other over like the work that edge did to help cena get over and vice versa was just it was crazy it was so crazy they they did such a good job with each other dude i didn't and like that's oh that's always the guy when i think of edge as a singles competitor who's across the ring from him it's john cena 
And it's crazy to think about that. Like, cause I, when I'm thinking about edge, like I don't, I didn't even think of Cena, even though I should, because there's, they're synonymous with one another. They're the yin to each other's yang, you know? And, and that whole 2006 with super Cena, he needed a villain. So they obviously chose edge. And it like you mentioned 2006, that TLC match for the WWE championship. Oh my God. I believe it was still called the FU at the time, but the attitude adjustment off of the top of the ladder through the, I think it was the two tables, tables, the stack tables, ridiculous spot. Crazy. Especially edge having surgery on his neck, you know, back in 2003. Yep. That was... I remember I remember when he left because of that because I remember they, he was getting a huge baby face push and then he disappeared for that yeah I remember that specifically and I was like oh man I really like that guy I remember when he was in the tag team and blah blah blah, blah. and then I think it was for like a mid-card title and then he disappeared because of the injury that sucked because that killed a ton of momentum in my head that he had I might have been a fan of his throughout his career had he not gotten injured right there wow that's crazy to think about especially looking at something like this where it's more of a retrospective yeah and and like the trajectory of his career of like a what if yeah oh definitely what if he didn't get injured when he and jericho became a tag team yeah huge they would have been huge I mean, the match that they had to blow off that feud because Jericho said those things about him <sighs> uh, was fantastic. I'm just saying uh, what they could have been as a team had they had it not got cut short like that. Yeah. But so I had my favorite match of the Edge-Cena feud. What is your favorite Edge-Matt Hardy match? Oh, God. Um, they had a lot of good ones. But I think, personally, Edge versus Matt Hardy, uh, loser leaves Raw between the two at Raw Homecoming. I thought it was the perfect way to end their story, and it really solidified Edge as the top heel on Raw. They kicked the shit out of each other. And then that that helped the trajectory of getting him to work with Cena to help get Cena over. Yeah. So they, they kind of stack on one another. Yeah, because the Money in the Bank briefcase was on the line as well. Um, so it was a yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. Money in the Bank ladder match, and the loser yep. had to leave Raw. And the finish for that match was insane because Matt was hanging from the briefcase, mm-hmm. and Edge swung his legs until he fell and got hung up on the ropes. And the way that he landed on those ropes on his chest, oh my god, it was disgusting. <laughs> but like they were they wrapped they wrapped him up in the ropes with the arms doing the whole randy savage gimmick yep. uh getting caught and then lita crucifixed herself around matt hardy so he could hold him back further yeah he couldn't do anything and edge climbed the ladder and waved goodbye and matt just stood there and had to like watch it was that, yeah i i on it as you're as you're playing that back for me I remember watching that match. I couldn't think of Raw Homecoming for the life of me, but when you said that she crucifixed his arms and Edge waved goodbye, 
I immediately had the image in my head of it. I remember that now, like specifically. It was great. Yeah. Because it was, that was a, a huge building block for Edge as a character, as that slimy heel character. Yeah. The, the thing I remember about him more than anything. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess, do you prefer him as a heel or a face? Oh, heel without a doubt. <laughs> Period. Any era of his career, way better and so much more natural as a heel. Because I literally hated him as a kid watching that because of how he did things. I always objected to that uh, the the ultimate opportunist nickname during his run because he just cheated all the time. And I get that that's a different word for it, whatever. But I just think that makes him a better heel. <laughs> I just wish I was able to appreciate him during his run. <laughs> <laughs> Watching his matches back is such an awesome thing because he he did something that I don't think anybody does in the ring anymore which I guess you could call it like uh, stacking or registering where like every move that happens to him counts towards his carrying himself through the rest of the match he sold all of it like if he took a neck breaker right out of the gate he's gonna hold his neck as the match progresses so he was such a natural at, at selling that it, it, I, I I loved watching that as I went back and, and looked at all of these matches to, to prepare for this. Yeah, and it was always like very subtle things like that. Little mm-hmm. subtle touches that he would put on matches, whether it be a facial expression, whether it be the way that he held on to his elbow after he bumped weird on it, mm-hmm. whether it mm-hmm. be... Uh, someone had him in a wrist lock at the beginning of the match. So he's shaking his wrist out 20 minutes in. Yeah. Like it's just little things like that, that and he did that with everything. Yeah. Throughout his entire career. So did you prefer him as healer face during his career? Um, heal for sure. Because like I said, I love villains and that 2004 to 2006 era edge was nothing short of, spectacular his heel work his the the way that they slowly turned him heel during after he made his comeback uh being losing the world championship vote at taboo tuesday to Shawn michaels winning the tag team (laughs) titles with chris benoit that night but then like leaving the match um and then attacking Sean and costing him the world title that night. It was all like, that was just months of, of careful planning and storytelling. And I loved all of it. And, and granted he's a fantastic face when he, when he is one, but his heel legacy will live on. Definitely. I think that guys who call themselves heel or want to be heel now should refer to what edge did to get himself over as heel sleep with somebody's girlfriend <laughs> yeah no legit like sleep with somebody's girlfriend. shoot do like it. in real life <laughs> and then post about it on instagram <laughs> and and that way you really get the heat over uh. <laughs> do an instagram live 
<laughs> the face superstar doesn't catch it in time, so it goes away. Oh, <laughs> uh, so so what? So we talked about healer face, but like, what match for you encapsulates his entire career in one? in one like 30 40 minute match like what is the one match when you go back and watch edge is the match that you want to see probably his tlc match with john cena from unforgiven in 2006 because that really solidified edge as the main eventer that he was always destined to be in my opinion he he never had that top main event match before that in his singles run. So like this match really blew everyone away myself included, not saying that I didn't think edge was capable, but I'm saying like, this was his career defining moment in his match. Like if they were to put out a defining moments figure for edge based around his singles career, it would be, uh, the unforgiven TLC match. All right. What about you? Interesting. So, like, gun to your head, what specific match do you think? So, when I was watching these matches back on the WWE Network for only nine ninety nine a month, um, <laughs> uh, I'm watching them without, other than the the video package before the match, I'm watching them without any context, um, and without any context. Even though I was watching it when it happened, Edge versus Undertaker at WrestleMania 24 was such a phenomenal wrestling match. Uh, watch that match back. You like? I want like everybody that's listening to this should go to the WWE Network and watch that match back, and just watch Edge specifically. I'm not saying don't watch like the whole match just for entertainment value. But focus on what Edge is doing specifically. Undertaker was cut off from hitting all of his greatest hits, quote-unquote, the first time around. Edge had an answer for every single one of them. Taker went up to go for old school. Edge cut him down. Taker went for the choke slam. Edge rolled out of it. He went to put him in a, in a tombstone. Every time that Taker went for his the first, the first time around, every time that he went for a move edge block like he did the it it looks it appears as though he did the homework yeah like he countered he was able to somehow stand toe to toe with a guy that if you had said i don't know 10 years prior to that that they would have a, a wrestlemania match together nobody would have believed you probably and edge held his own in that match the entire way it was awesome but i think it's interesting that both of us have two matches with edge in them that he lost as our favorite of his <laughs> yeah that goes to show like what a good character and performer edge was because it didn't it's matter like, it didn't matter that he lost it, the matches were so goddamn good yeah and we went ahead and asked some of our listeners what their favorite edge memories or moments were across all of our platforms on twitter instagram and Facebook, and these were some of the responses. Um, Rated R Ninja says, His entrance at WrestleMania 24 
I always get goosebumps when I watch it. HBK Big Daddy Cool said, I remember his amazing 2001 run after breaking up with Christian, with winning three Intercontinental titles and one WCW United States title, and then to win two more tag titles with Hogan and Mysterio before he had to leave and get neck surgery in 2003. I do wonder what would have happened if he was healthy that year. Edge was so popular going into 2003, it's weird to see how he became so hated when he returned in 2004. He makes a... That's a great... That touched on what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. But that 2001 to 2003 run uh, was huge. And like, like he said, he was super popular going into that. Like, I got caught up in it. I got caught up in that same hype. So it sucks that he had to leave to get the surgery, but obviously he needed it. Rude Awakening said, Being a Cena fan when I was younger, I hated Edge. Now I can look back and admire how damn good he was as a heel. Edge from 2005 to 2008 will always be what I remember. <laughs> We're widening the uh, the time frame here. I like this. So now it's uh, 2001 to 2008. So there's like an eight year, a seven, eight year span where he's just like, everybody's, I love to hate him. Yeah. He went on, <laughs> Rude Awakening went on to say like, he remembers the cash in. He remembers Edge versus Flair, the TLC match that happened on Raw. Oh, God, that match was brutal. The Edge versus Cena TLC match. Edge versus Mick Foley at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. The Edge Foley versus Dreamer and Terry Funk match at ECW One Night Stand. And, of course, Edge versus Undertaker. Yep. Which is interesting because... I mean, we've we've touched on those matches. Yeah, he he got both of ours in there. Yeah. And he added the Edge Foley one, which I always forget happened. The Flaming Table at WrestleMania. Insane. Oh, and then they went on to tag team. Yeah. <laughs> which is even cooler. Yeah. Um, at ECW. Edge is one of the most extreme superstars, like, ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is weird, because he wasn't that hardcore but he was yeah when you think about edge you th you th sure you think like that 2008 era but don't forget in when they brought ecw back in 2005 he was front and center for that yep taking and it's, bumps through flaming tables with mick foley i think it's also uh it also should be mentioned that during that time frame they would they would have the blow off match for a feud have a stipulation it wasn't because it was december that there was a tlc match it wasn't because it was october we have hell in a cell it was if it made sense for the story we have this type of match exactly and i missed that i missed that so oh, much dude definitely definitely that's a whole other discussion yeah, yeah. <laughs> um Two more. Uh, we got two more responses that I want to read off here. Uh, Vampiro Porvita says, For me, it's being in the brood. That's what I will always remember him for. And oddly enough, spearing John Cena to help RVD win at One Night Stand 2. <laughs> Finally, uh, 
at Ghosts of the Stratosphere on Twitter said, Edge is fucking amazing. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's all. Thank you to everybody who responded and gave us uh, uh, a couple of things that you remembered about Edge. We, we we got a bunch more, but we read like the, the ones that had the most to them. Yeah. You can go ahead and always contact us on social media at Royally Rumbled. But but here, coming out of our listeners' favorites, um, so what are our favorite edge moves? So we're talking signatures, finishers, that kind of thing. Yeah, anything. Signatures, finishers, rest holds, anything, taunts. What you, what you got? All right. What are you, what are you thinking here? So the thing about his in-ring style was that he wasn't complicated. He was very straightforward. His signature moves were never flashy, but I personally did not like his spear ever. The charge up one from the corner. In my opinion, he just isn't big enough to sell a spear for me. I grew up with big guys like Goldberg doing the spear. I get that he utilized the psychology of the match and the psychology of the ring and, and, and whatnot. That's not the issue that I had with it. He's just, it just, I just didn't like the sell and the follow through for his spear. And he's one of the only guys that I know of that routinely used the electric chair drop. <laughs> that was cool. That was cool. Um, I mean, I loved the setup for the spear, but like you said, the spear never looked as impactful as others. I didn't hate it. And I thought when he did use it, it worked, but I don't think it was as big as someone like a Goldberg hitting one or Rhino even. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's part of the reason why is probably because he landed on his knees from doing it, but it all, so you're saying, so he didn't lay totally out. Yeah. He, he landed it on, but it's also look less. Yeah. But it's also about who's taking the spear because if a guy like Rey Mysterio took a spear from Edge, it looks fantastic. But then you get a guy like uh, Cena. Yeah, Cena taking it, and Cena doesn't bump well for a rock bottom. So, you know. Um, but That's exactly what I was thinking of. I'm glad you were there <laughs> yeah, with me. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, though, uh, my favorite Edge move, I think it's got to be his modified sharpshooter, the Education. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, it's And I don't think it got nearly enough love and recognition. And when I wrestled, I actually would use that as my submission move. When I'd play the video games, I would assign that submission move as one of my signatures or finishers. Because <laughs> it's awesome. Okay. What was your favorite entrance music for Edge? I mean, it's it's close between Rob Zombie's Never Gonna Stop and Metalingus. But Metalingus has become his. That's Edge's music. When you hear it, you immediately identify that it's Edge, you know? Definitely. Metalingus for me, for sure. I enjoyed the Rob Zombie theme, too. uh, But I'll never forget Metalingus. I I really loved that they utilized the Rob Zombie theme in SmackDown Shut Your Mouth, the video game. Mm-hmm. Because they had it not only for Edge's entrance music, but they created an entire bonus video reel that you could unlock 
that highlighted the SmackDown stars uh, at the time. And it was set to Never Gonna Stop by Rob Zombie. So when I hear that song, I think of Edge and I think of the SmackDown Shut Your Mouth game. But when I hear Metalingus, immediately it's Edge and only Edge. What do you think his best attire or like merch would be? So like your favorite. Oh, okay. Um, Previous to him taking on the Rated R Superstar moniker, his attire was not good. Really? Uh, I never liked the shiny tights and the shiny latex duster or whatever you want to call that jacket and those horrible sunglasses. (laughs) Some of the sunglasses were horrible, but I think that was on purpose. Okay. (laughs) Fair enough, I guess. Uh, And I never saw an Edge t-shirt design that I was even remotely interested in. Uh, And I don't think most of the designs are that good for him to this day. (laughs) Uh, So after Rated R Superstar, sure. But before that? uh... I, I completely disagree. His attires were always fun and colorful and exciting. But I think my favorite was his blue rated R superstar attire from that unforgiven uh, TLC match. But my f- you really just want an action figure with it on there. I technically sort of have one because they came out with when Jack Pacific had the license, they made a limited run of like 5000 of them. And I have one. But I let's get let's get a Mattel one out. All right. Yeah. I was happy they included that attire in this year's WWE 2K19 video game. So uh, we're getting closer to getting like a Mattel figure of it. But my favorite merch he had was when he first turned heel in 2004. It was like the evil edge face looking design. And it kind of spelled out his name within the the way that the face was. It was cool. Um, I actually wound up making a sign for that for a raw back in 2004. I, I took like all day after school the one night drawing and trying to my best to copy because this was before smartphones so i was trying like i was looking at a photo on the internet i'm trying to copy it i spent all night uh and my my only hope was that edge saw the sign from all the way back in the nosebleeds but you never know (laughs) you never know he very well could have you know i think he tells the story uh he was on so-and-so's podcast, and he said, you know, the one time I was in the Wilkes-Barre Arena in 2004, and there was this kid in the nosebleeds <laughs> <laughs> that almost drew my logo right, and I, I never forgot it. <laughs> it means the world to me, Edge. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so, uh. I mean, we're going to close this episode out, but before we do that, if you were to book him into one feud with one of today's superstars who would you pair him up with why which era of edge and who would you put over holy shit <laughs> so here i'll go i'll go through it again uh who would you put him up against So, you're saying, who would I put him up against, which era, and who would win? Yeah. Okay. So, we both prefer a heel edge, right? Yeah. So, a a classic 
heel singles edge that the likes that went up against Cena and Undertaker. I would love to see him in a program with AJ Styles. Oh man. Edge versus AJ would have some instant classic matches and some insane spots. They both sell incredibly well. And it would really take well to the current format that WWE runs. Like a half hour main event for the WWE Championship would be amazing. Hell yeah, man. Secondly, I'm going to squeeze another one in there. For the same era of Edge, classic heel Edge would be against babyface workhorse Seth Rollins. Obviously, I named the two arguably the best WWE wrestlers current right now. Yeah. But that doesn't make the matchups or potential storylines any less interesting. No, no, not at all. Seth Edge, Seth versus Edge would be unbelievably fun. I'm going to do one more. I'm going to do one more for you. Now, this would be final tour around the sun, babyface Edge. So right before he retired Edge. Okay. Against full-blown heel Kevin Owens. Oh. Oh, man, that would be great. They're both masters of the microphone. And the promos alone for that would be dynamite. So, so you're going AJ, Rollins, and Owens. Yeah. Who is winning those matches? Oh, man. Um, I would have Edge put over AJ. Okay. I would have Seth put over Edge. Okay. And I would have Edge put over Owens. Okay. I dig it. I dig it. I would love to see all of those. Hell yeah, dude. Oh my god. I want to play the game. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I might might pop it in. Uh, So yeah, if you're playing any of these matches uh, on 2K19, take a screenshot and tweet it at us, at Royally Rumbled. We'll retweet you. You know, we'll, we'll hit you back. But what about you? I would have to go. I think Edge in his prime as a heel, I'd put him in the ring with Finn Balor. Oh, nice. You know, we build it up, build it up, and then eventually get an Edge versus Demon Balor match. In a ladder. In a ladder, in a ladder match. match. Or a TLC match. Edge versus Demon Balor in a ladder match. I also think, <sighs> like, Making Babyface Edge versus Drew McIntyre would be bananas. Oh, man. (laughs) Those are two feuds that I would kill to see. Dude. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Edge versus McIntyre now. Like, current McIntyre versus Babyface Edge. And I'm I'm talking, like, 2001, 2002 Edge. Okay. Okay. So right when he was getting all that, that, yeah, that build like up. when he was on fire in in like two thousand two, yeah. that's cool. These two would kill each other. Be great. So of those two feuds, then who do you have winning? I think, I think I'd have heel Edge put Finn Balor over, and I yeah. think. I would take Babyface Edge over Drew McIntyre. Okay. That's cool. And all this talk about fantasy matches. 
but there's one match that we didn't talk about yet from Edge's career. And obviously he had a long career. I think we said 1997 to, to 2011. Yep. Right? We talked about a couple of them, a couple of our favorites. We brought up the John Cena-Edge TLC match a few times. But there's one match specifically from a SmackDown <laughs> in 2002 that was recently named the greatest match in SmackDown history by WWE themselves. It's Eddie Guerrero versus Edge in a no-DQ match from September 26, 2002 on a regular SmackDown. They gave it away for free. And and literally to be named the greatest match in SmackDown history is is no small feat because there's been over a thousand episodes of SmackDown and there's been some great moments and some great matches. So what do you remember about this match? Eddie versus Edge. Well, other than the fact that this is the match where Edge broke his neck. <laughs> yeah. Um I remember one spot in particularly where Edge was lying prone on the on the ladder and Eddie did his uh, tope con hilo dive over the ropes and Edge rolled out of the way and Eddie just ate that ladder. Yeah. Yep. That was a good one. Everything that he did after the neck break, because when we were talking about it, I didn't know that that was the match. Yeah. So I went back and rewatched it again. And you told me where the neck break happened, which is when he was like sandwiched in between the ladder, right? Or no, no, no. It was when he fell back onto Yeah, him. Eddie like forearmed him or something and he dropped yeah, back. Yeah, and he like was caught in it or something and he fell backward onto it and landed. It doesn't look like anything happens, honestly. Like I watched it over and over again. I was like, really? He broke his neck there? But I guess it could happen anywhere. Yeah. Um. Everything that he did after he broke his neck is insane <laughs> for a guy that like he was clearly in severe pain and he just he went up and did that last spot off the ladder it was ridiculous mm-hmm. to find out that he broke his neck was absurd that that's what happened in that match considering how it finished it was crazy yeah and that match he actually won <laughs> yeah he won the match with a broken freaking neck. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, and we, you know, and speaking of things that we didn't mention, uh, him with Kurt Angle. <sighs> that whole feud. And to this day, Kurt Angle gets the You Suck chance because of Edge. It's, in, it's insane to see, like, the ripple effects that Edge has had on others' careers. Be just from the sheer fact of him being there. Even Christian. You know, like... A lot of people say Christian wouldn't have gotten where he was without Edge, but... The same could be said about Edge with Christian. Like, I don't think yeah. either of those two guys... Would have been as big a deal had it not been for the other one. Before we wrap up, too... What was your opinion on Edge's last match against Alberto Del Rio? So that is one that I watched back. Um, as we said multiple times, I prefer heel edge to face edge because it changes his psychology in the ring drastically. The match really didn't have a lot happening. But I don't know if edge 
at that point was so hampered by the neck injury that he couldn't do a lot. Because it's not a very good match. It's not bad. It's solid. It's not bad. But it's not By any stretch. It's definitely not the level that you expect Edge to be at. Part of me thinks that's because of Del Rio, but... uh, At that point, I I have to disagree because I was a huge Del Rio mark when he first debuted. I think he was fantastic at the very beginning of his WWE run. But... I think that if the dynamic were different, if it were if it were face Del Rio versus heel edge, it would have been a lot different. True. But that match that match had a lot going because it had it, Brodus Clay on the outside and then you had Christian and it was kind of yeah. weird having them smash the car up. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was weird. They were doing a lot they tried to do a lot. Yeah. But but as a send-off, I don't think it was that bad. And Edge, I guess you could arguably say, was attempting to pass the torch to somebody that was probably going to be a pretty good heel eventually, but none of that panned out the way anybody wanted it to. You know, they the, the original plan was to make it to the very next WrestleMania where it would have been Edge versus Christian. And I think that's Edge's oh. end game where he wanted to hand over the keys to his career basically to Christian. Okay. But yeah, they should have that would have been cool if that was his final match. Yeah. Well, they didn't know. No, I know. You know, it was he was involved in the storylines the very next like night on Raw and SmackDown. And yeah. then the following week is when he had to retire. It was supposed to be Del Rio versus Edge at Extreme Rules. Yep. But just like his first match was cut short due to a neck injury. Yep. Here we are with his career at the end. Yeah. I, you know, it was, it wasn't bad, but there was definitely better matches that Edge had had in his career. It sucks that he didn't get a, uh, a once more round the sun kind of situation, but I guess similar to Stone Cold in that regard, he just can't possibly risk it. And Paige, for that matter. Yeah. It's happened to a couple of them. Uh, so. As long as they're healthy, uh, we do have a lot of good edge matches to go back and watch. That's exactly why we chose Edge for this episode of the Legacy Spotlight series. Yeah, because we, you know, in conversations that we had without microphones in front of us, you loved him, I didn't like him, and we would argue incessantly about why he was good or bad. But I understand that I was supposed to hate him, and that's why I hated him, because I wasn't thinking about the wrestling business the way I do now. Yeah. I was just a fan at that point. I wasn't trying to see things on a meta level on an on a on a outside the the decision making level i wasn't thinking about that i was thinking about the stories in front of me so obviously i was going to hate him yeah and sometimes we just need to shut our brains off and enjoy the product the way it's presented to us not worry so much about who we should be booing for and who we should be cheering for you know 
Yeah, just watch the the story in front of you, because if watching these matches with no context, Edge was phenomenal, and he absolutely deserves that spot in the Hall of Fame. You could always go ahead and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Royally Rumbled. Let us know what your favorite Edge moment was. And if you like, you could follow us individually. On Instagram and Twitter, I am at Yesball. And I am on Instagram and Twitter at JL24FPS. We also do uh, prediction episodes uh, of the podcast for all of the WWE special events and pay-per-views. So our next episode will be the Royal Rumble. So if you watch WWE and you watch the pay-per-views... Go ahead, give us a listen, subscribe to us. We're available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podbean, Overcast, and Spotify. And if we're not on one of those platforms that you listen to your podcasts on, go ahead, let us know, and we'll get on there just for you. So that's it. That's our first Legacy Spotlight Series episode detailing our opinions on the career of WWE Hall of Famer, the rated R superstar edge. Thank you for listening, everybody stay tuned for our very next legacy spotlight series superstar coming very, very soon. And stay tuned on our Twitter. After this episode drops, we are going to put a poll up on our Twitter profile, asking you, the listener, which superstar we will do one of these episodes about next. You get to decide who we're talking about. We'll put up three different superstars and you choose which one you want to hear our opinions on next. So for Royally Rumbled, I'm Jordan. I'm Robert. Thanks for listening. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. Stay classic. <laughs>